I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Hear now God's holy, infallible, and inerrant word. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's pray together. Father, you've, uh, you've given us your son and we pray that you would speak to us this morning by your spirit and that you would help us to adore him. We help us to adore you, the great giver of this amazing gift, even your only son. Unite us this morning by our faith, strengthen us, encourage us, and give us joy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Christmas is favorite holiday of many of us, maybe most of us, favorite holiday in the year. We love the, the lights, the family gatherings, the Christmas cookies, the wonderful songs, and of course, the presents. Perhaps you have a favorite present that you remember from your childhood or sometime recently, something that uh, you eagerly longed for and received or something that had some kind of sentimental value based upon the person that was giving it to you or what it was that they gave you. As a child, I had some of those experiences where I looked with stunned silence at the gift that was in my hand, something that I had longed for but never thought that I would ever receive. And yet, as much joy as I had as a kid receiving gifts from my parents, that joy was outmatched as my wife and I had the opportunity as parents to give gifts to our children. We would carefully consider each kid, or my wife would, that she is particularly gifted to think through what would bring them particular delight or what they might need. My job was to take that thing that we had purchased and somehow wrap it in a clever, crazy way in order to conceal what was inside so that they wouldn't know exactly what the gift was until it was time to open it up. And we placed the gifts underneath the tree. And then, of course, the investigations would begin as the kids began to hover around and tried to discern whose gift was what as they examined the different packages. What's that big one in the back? Whose is that? Well, what about this one? Oh, that one's, that one's mine. And then... Christmas would come, we would hand out the gifts, and we would watch, and we would listen. We'd watch as their curious faces looked to try to understand what might be inside. We'd listen as they tore the paper off the packages, and then watch once again as the confusion turned into delight, and then listen for the, oh yeah, or whoa. Beloved, what is it about the giving of gifts that makes it so great? What is it that makes it so great? For gifts 
that we give in this world, it can't be the gift itself, even the quality of the gift, because today's treasures will be discarded tomorrow. Where are the Christmas gifts that you received 10 years ago or five years ago or even last year? It can't be in the gift itself, but it is what the gift represents in that it represents the love of the giver for the recipient. The recipient of the gift experiences the love of the giver as they reflect on the consideration or the sacrifice to give that gift. And certainly for us as Americans, we can easily make the argument that we overdo gift giving. It's become almost commonplace. We are far too materialistic. We can't buy love and the, the happiness that comes from material things is temporary and fleeting, but beloved, what we need to remember is that we have a gift-giving God, and we delight in gifts because we were made to receive the gift that he has given to us. He gives us perfect gifts, lasting gifts, infinite gifts, gifts that bring true and lasting joy. But above all, what we need to remember, beloved, is that all the gifts that our Heavenly Father, every good and perfect gift that is ours from our Heavenly Father, come packaged in his most perfect gift, the gift of his Son. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now this... Christmas season, we've been considering the work of the persons of the Trinity in bringing the Son of God into the world, and today what we want to focus on is that God has done this according to his good pleasure for us, for us, for you, beloved. And we're going to think about this through the lens of gifts, through the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Son, and the gifts of the Father. So we'll begin by considering the gifts of the Spirit. The, the, the greatest gift that the Spirit has given us is salvation in Jesus Christ. For it is by grace that you have been safe, saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift, a gift of God. We talked about this last week, how the Spirit, just as he gave the Lord Jesus Christ birth through his conception in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the power of the Spirit, so that same Spirit gives us new birth. We are born of the Spirit. We have regeneration. And in that, he gives us the gift of faith, even as he gives us the gift of hearing his voice through the preached word, the, the, the read word, the spoken word of God. He gives us that gift to hear it. And then the gift of faith to receive it. And the gift of repentance as a result. Repentance from death unto life. From dead works unto works that are pleasing to God. That is a gift of God. And fl- flowing from that, he gives us more gifts. He gives us legal gifts, the gifts of 
justification. We are legally cleared. We are no longer guilty of the sins that we have committed because of his gift of grace for us. Not, not only not guilty, but also perfectly righteous in Jesus Christ. We are legally counted as having received Jesus' righteous acts as our very own. And as a result, he gives us the gift of adoption to be part of his glorious family that we can cry out to this loving father, Abba, Father. And flowing from that, he gives us the gift of holiness, the gift of being able to put to death those sins that separated us from God and walking in holiness and righteousness and delighting in such things. All these things are a gift, are gifts of the Spirit. He gifts us with the fruit of the Spirit to be like Christ. He gives us with the gifts to serve. He does this because of his goodness and his grace. But beloved, all those things are gifts of the Spirit only because of the gifts of the Son. We receive the gifts of our salvation applied to us by the Spirit because the Son gave us the gift of salvation accomplished for us. He gave us the gift of his humble obedience, his perfect obedience. He humbled himself for us. He chose to leave the bosom of the Father, to be made like us so that he might know us, so he might minister to us, so he might reconcile us to God. He came to be with us to bring us to God. He came to be like us so that he could be one of us and offer himself as a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and to be our high priest so he could pray for us. When you're struggling with that sin that is stubborn in your heart and you want to put it to death, know for certain that your Savior, Jesus Christ, understands. He is praying for you. And he is working by his Spirit in you to put it to death and to walk in righteousness. But his, his, Jesus' humble obedience was not just a gift to us. It was a gift to his Father. The, the night he was betrayed, he was in the upper room with his disciples, and he said, I do these things so that the world may know that I love the Father. His humble obedience was an act of reverence and love for his heavenly Father. And that humble obedience is the basis of our salvation. So his love for the Father was a gift a saving gift for us. He's given himself as a gift for us. Beloved, make no mistake about it. The gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of the Son are only ours because of the gifts of the Father. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Jesus Christ, the incarnate Son of God, is the most precious gift in which 
all the gifts are wrapped up in. Beloved, we can be so taken by the goodness of the gifts of God that we forget the greatest gift in his son, Jesus Christ. And we can be like kids after Christmas morning with toys and wrapping paper all around us who are taken by the toys and forget the love of the giver who has given us such good things. And God is the one who has given us all of these gifts. Because notice it doesn't say for unto us justification is given. For unto us sanctification is given. Not even for unto us eternal life or even salvation or adoption or any such thing. It says for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And to accentuate the point that the gift is the Son, he gives us his name. Already in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 7, prophet Isaiah had told us something about this child who was to come. He said, a virgin shall conceive and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we have that first name, Emmanuel. And to here, uh, the prophet gives us five more names, five more names. It says, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful. We overuse that word. But the Almighty God is the one who works wonders, who works might, works his glorious purposes for his people. And this child is the one in whom those works are ours. His name shall be wonderful. He's the wondrous God of all creation. He's also the counselor. He is the very word of God, the one in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And it is the truth that sets us free. He is the one that gives us wisdom and truth that we might live. Third, he's the mighty God. He, he is the one who is mighty in creation, the one who was mighty to be able to still the storm. He is the one who is mighty to be able to heal the leper, the one who was mighty to raise from the dead, the one who is mighty to lift up the downcast and to give them joy, the one who is mighty enough to be able to receive the wrath of God due to us for our salvation and who is mighty enough to raise, be raised from the dead for our salvation. Fourth, he is the everlasting father. Now that one may trip you up like that one's tripped me up in the past. What, this is referring to the child. This is the son and here he's called the everlasting father. In what way is the son of God the everlasting Father, or who should he be called such? It's true that the Lord Jesus Christ said, when the disciples said, hey, show us the Father. He says, Do you, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. The Son of God is very God, a very God, eternally God, fully God, and fully man. And yet I don't think that's what Isaiah was 
pointing to. Because the Son is not the Father. There is a distinction of the persons. There is no confusion. They are not intermixed. Now, I think there's something very different there. And perhaps it's helpful for us to know that this phrase could also be translated the father of our age, or the father of this age. The Apostle Paul tells us that Jesus is the second Adam. The first Adam, of course, was the father of all mankind. He was the father of those who are earthly, who are of the earth, who are of the dust. The second Adam is spiritual. He was born of the Spirit, and he is those. He is he is the Adam, the the first of those who are born of the Spirit. The first Adam perished and died. The second Adam has eternal life. And just as the Spirit came and gave Jesus new birth, so he gives us birth by the Spirit that Jesus poured out upon his people. And so in one sense, a very real sense, he is the father, the first of a heritage of those who are of faith. He is the true child of Abraham in whom are all the, pro- the promises of God. He is the everlasting father because all who are in him shall never die. And finally, he is the prince of peace. Peace, not just quiet, tranquility, freedom from war, but the prince of shalom, the Hebrew word of wholeness, fulfillment, completeness, true peace. David's son Solomon, his name meant peace. He was, in essence, a prince of peace because during his reign there was no war in, for the nation of Israel, but the Lord Jesus Christ is the true prince of peace the true Prince of Peace that will end all hostility, all war, all curse forever and ever. And we should rejoice because this reign is to be eternal. It says, the government shall, the government shall be upon his shoulder. God himself has promised he will appoint this king to be over all things. In him he shall reign, and he will bring his peace. Verse 7, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And on the throne of David and over the kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice, with righteousness. Isn't that what we long for? To be in a world that is marked by justice, and righteousness, purity, and peace. And that is what we've been given from this time forth and forevermore. That's what our hearts long for. A kingdom like that. For a king like that. And that's what we were given because that is 
a king in a kingdom after God's own choosing. See what it says at the end of verse 7? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Another way of saying that, the passionate, the passionate love, the passionate jealousy of God for his people will do this. Beloved, this is the heart of our God to give us this. This kingdom is wrapped up in the reign of the king that he has given to us. And it is the Father's good pleasure to give us this. The Son, some of our Bible translations say the Son was eternally in the bosom of the Father. But no one took him from the Father. No one could ever do that. The Son did not leave on his own accord. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. The Father knew that the Son would empty himself for us. He would become nothing, taking on human flesh and forever be one of us. Yet he gave him for us. He knew that he was sending his son to be the savior of the world. And that meant that this son of his would have to go to the cross and lay down his life out of love for the father. And yet he sent it. He sent this son out of his love for us. And beloved, this was God's long-awaited plans, his eternal plans, which he prophesied in the times of Isaiah, 700 years before the Lord Jesus Christ came. But in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under a law, and he sent his angels to proclaim the coming of this son. We just read this, but did you hear it? Did you hear what the angels said? They said, Fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto us, beloved, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus Christ was sent into the world for you? Unto you. This is God's gift to you, his eternal gift. And beloved, this is what the angel said. This is good news of great joy. This ought to stir up in our hearts such rejoicing, such delight, that we can't contain it. We can't contain it. It is good for us to rejoice and to be joyful. So here are three ways for us to consider and to take joy in this wonderful event that has been given to us. First, take joy in the love of the Father expressed to you in the gift of his Son. Beloved, sometimes the, the, the best gifts that we could ever receive are the ones that bring us the greatest joy. Sometimes the most 
useful gifts are the ones that meet our greatest need. And sometimes the most meaningful gifts are the ones that come with the greatest sacrifice. And beloved, Jesus Christ came into the world to give you great joy, to give you joy to the full, not to take anything away, but to set you free to experience true and lasting and eternal joy. And the Son of God came to meet your greatest need, to reconcile you to God and to adopt you into God's family. And it came at the greatest cost. That Jesus would become, Son of God would become a man. That he would lay down his life for you. This is the gift of God. And a gift of such magnitude reflects the heart of the giver. And beloved, there is no greater gift than Jesus Christ. And he has given that gift to you. This is the gift of God, and God is love. See the love of God magnified in this gift that he has given to you. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave us his son to be a propitiation, a sacrifice for our sins. For God so loved, so loved the world that he gave his only son. Behold what manner of love the Father has demonstrated to us that we should be called sons of God. And that is what we are, beloved. That is what we are. Beloved, is your heart turned to the Father who loved you enough to give his Son unto you? Have you received this gift in his Son? Let your heart be ignited with passion and admiration for a God who loves like that to you. Secondly, take joy in the gift of the Son. Beloved, we can, we can be distracted by the, the shininess of the benefits of Christ that we forget. We forget to delight ourselves in the Son in whom we get all these benefits. We cannot let our Christianity become Christless. It is good for us to delight in the fact that our sins are forgiven. But don't forget to delight in the fact that Jesus Christ came to shed his own blood so that your sins could be forgiven. Delight in the one who loved you to give himself for you. We can delight ourselves in the fact that we are adopted into God's family. But don't stop adoring the elder brother who came to meet us in a far country to bring us, to reconcile us to God. And beloved, we can delight and we should delight in the fact that we've been given eternal life. But let your heart be overwhelmed by the fact that we get to be with Jesus forever and ever. The one who gave himself for you because he loved you. Beloved, there's, there's a lot of talk these days, there has been for several years, about putting Christ back into Christmas. And for good reason. We ought to focus on Christ at Christmas but do you need to put Christ back into your Christianity? 
Do you need to focus on the, the love of Jesus Christ expressed to you? His heart, his work. Be drawn to his benefits, but take delight in him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. If you've forgotten, if you've been distracted, if you're, you've been distracted by something else, our Father says, return to me, and I will return to you. Or the, our Savior says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. I will give you my shalom. And finally, beloved, take joy in that the gift of Jesus Christ is ours because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ was raised victorious, ascended on high, and he said, I will ask the Father, and he will send the gift of the Spirit, and I will never leave you or forsake you. He has come. He has allowed us to hear his voice. He has given us faith to receive him, to be adopted to his family, to be made new and to walk in the fullness of the joy that is ours in Jesus Christ. If you have any love, any hope, any faith in Jesus Christ, rejoice because you have received the gift of the Spirit. Walk in him and in the joy that you have given, he've been given to him. He has promised, I will never leave you or forsake you. We, are, we will be with him forever. Beloved, this is... This is the greatest gift that we could ever be given. This is the gift that has been given to us, unto us, all to the glory of God alone. All God's works are wondrous and glorious. Glorious wonder. Glorious delight. As the Apostle Paul said in Romans 11, Oh, the depths of the riches, of the wisdom, and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable are his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And beloved, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his indescribable and wonderful gift of his Son. Bless the Lord, O my soul, for unto us, unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given, and he shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your boundless love. It is endless. Forgive us for forgetting. Thank you for reminding us. Thank you for your grace, which is ours and new every morning. Help us to delight ourselves in your son, Jesus Christ, that we might love you, the good giver of every good and perfect gift. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.